Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we are going to be going in-depth into my week number two wide receiver rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, please do so at at Notorious FNTSY. If you would like to check out my weekly rankings as well as get all of your questions answered over on Patreon, it is $7.50 a month linked in the video description. So without further ado, let's get into my week number two wide receiver rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin in the S-tier wide receivers with Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions going up against the Seattle Seahawks this week at home in Detroit last week up against the Chiefs. Amon Ra was the wide receiver 11 in PPR. I think this week he is going to finish even higher. Going up against the Seattle Seahawks defense that was just tag-teamed by Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. I fully expect Amon Ra St. Brown, the sun god, to have a great performance. He did look good up against the Chiefs defense. And again, the Seahawks defense looks really bad bad as of right now so I think Amon Ross St. Brown should have a cakewalk to a top three finish at the wide receiver position on the week and I love this matchup like I keep saying he is my wide receiver one on the week at number two we got Jamar Chase of the Bengals going up against the Baltimore Ravens at home in Cincinnati so Jamar Chase and the whole Cincinnati Bengals offense last week was stagnant they were flopping around like a fish out of water wide receiver 44 on the week for Jamar Chase I think this is a big bounce back spot for the Cincinnati Bengals offense should be one of the highest scoring games on the week. I think Lamar and Joe Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty are going to go back and forth in this game. And I still believe that Jamar Chase, despite one down game, is one of the better receivers in the NFL. And this looks like a good spot for him. At number three, we have Stephon Diggs of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Las Vegas Raiders at home in Buffalo. Now, last week, despite the fact that the Buffalo Bills got shit on by the New York Jumbo Jets. Now, I know they didn't technically get shit on. It was a close game. Well, compared to what everyone thought would happen when Aaron Rodgers went down and the MILF hunter Zach Wilson had to go in, it was definitely a tough loss for the Buffalo Bills. But now they get a cupcake matchup up against the Raiders. Diggs absolutely dominated 50 Shades of Grey style up against Sauce Gardner and the Jets defense finishing as the wide receiver number four on the week. I fully expect that Josh Allen isn't going to make as many dumb mistakes in this game. Again, a cupcake easy matchup here for Stefan Diggs, so I think he should easily finish as a top five wide receiver. At number four, we move to Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins, going up against the New England Patriots in New England. Now, everyone and their mother saw how great Tyreek Hill was in week one, right? 15 targets, 11 receptions, 215 yards, and not one, but two touchdowns in that game, finishing with 45 fantasy points, right? Tyreek Hill single-handedly could have won you your week. Unless you went up against the Cowboys defense, you 100% won your game if you started Tyreek Hill. This week, he gets the Patriots, and the Patriots defense is no joke, right? The LA Chargers defense, I think, is better than what they looked like in week number one, but the Patriots do have one of the better defenses in the NFL. And as a Dolphins fan, I will say this game feels a lot more like a Jalen Waddle away, Waddle Waddle game compared to Tyreek Hill. But based upon what we saw in week one and based upon Tua and Tyreek Hill's connection and based upon how Mike McDaniel is going to scheme ways to get Tyreek Hill open, even if I don't think Tyreek Hill is going to have his best game of the year, right? There's no way he does as good as he did in week one. 
it would be hard for me to rank him outside the top five, especially since I just feel like Tua's going to feed this man the ball. Moving now to my wide receiver number five, who was initially Justin Jefferson. I do not include the players that played already on Thursday Night Football because guess what? You can't just magically now throw them into your lineup, right? You didn't play them. You can't play them. If you played them, they already played. So my actual wide receiver number five here is going to be Calvin Ridley of the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the Kansas City Chiefs at home in Jacksonville. Wide receiver six last week up against the Colts. Eight receptions, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. I was someone that was banging the drum all offseason for Calvin Ridley, and he showed up in a big way in week number one. I think this is a solid matchup for him yet again. I think this could be one of the higher scoring games on the week, and it was very evident in week one that Calvin Ridley is that alpha, that clear wide receiver one in the Jags offense, just like I said all offseason. Now again, I'm not trying to fucking give myself the metaphorical gawk gawk for being right on Calvin Ridley. In my opinion, it was obvious and it was just one week, right? Maybe he just sucks going forward, but it did definitely feel good seeing how good Calvin Ridley looked. And again, great matchup up against the Chiefs. Moving now to the A tier at the wide receiver position in this tier, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith were originally in here. AJ Brown has a mad game, pretty bad game if we're being honest with you. And Devontae Smith went absolutely nuclear up against that Vikings defense. So at number six, we got Chris O'Leary of the New Orleans Saints going up against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina wide receiver 10 on the week last week up against the Titans despite getting banged up he did eventually come back into the game and he looked incredibly good and even with Michael Thomas playing to me at a pretty high level now did he look like the Michael Thomas of years past no but he didn't look like he lost a step it didn't seem like he was halfway into the retirement home or something Chris Olave is going to see a lot of targets on this team Derek Carr clearly loves to throw this guy the rock going up against the Panthers defense in prime time on Monday night we should see yet another great performance out of Chris Olave at number seven we have Jalen Waddle of the Dolphins going up against the Patriots in New England wide receiver 31 in week number one he had five targets four receptions for 78 yards obviously not the best game out of Waddle but when you consider the fact that Tyreek Hill had 200 plus yards and two fucking touchdowns, Waddle actually didn't do that bad. Now, again, this does feel a lot more like a Jalen Waddle game where Bill Belichick and that defense tries to really lock down Tyreek Hill and then Jalen Waddle just goes crazy because I really think this Miami Dolphins offense is legit. I don't think week number one was Fugazi. I think the Dolphins are for real. And again, I don't expect this to be a shootout, tit for tat, rock'em, sock'em, robots game, but I still think Jalen Waddle will get it done at number eight we have cd lamb of the dallas cowboys going up against the jets at home in jerry's world week one down game for cd lamb four for four like he was at wendy's for 77 yards finishing as the wide receiver 33 now obviously the dallas cowboys absolutely shellacked the giants right the giants stood no chance in that game they were fucking crawling around at the end of the game they lose 40 to zero right the dallas cowboys beat them down but they didn't really throw the ball a bunch, right? Dak didn't have to do too much because the Giants game was fucking over before it even started. This week, going up against Sauce Gardner is a tough matchup, but we saw that maybe Sauce Gardner isn't as good as people thought he was, which is something I was saying a lot last season. So 
while this matchup is tough, and while it wouldn't be shocking if Lamb finished outside the top 12 at the wide receiver position, this feels like a game where CeeDee Lamb gets way more than four targets, where maybe the running game of the Jets is so strong that this is more of a competitive game where they're throwing the ball late, so I expect a bounce back out of Lamb. Closing out the A tier at number nine, we have Devontae Adams of the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Now, it seems as though Jacoby Myers is going to miss this game. Devontae Adams has been banged up, but he did practice in full yesterday on Thursday. Down game for Adams in week one because we saw Jacoby Myers go nuclear and that Denver defense is pretty legit now I'm not seeing that the, or I'm not saying that the Buffalo Bills defense is some pushover but I do think this is a get right game for Devontae Adams in week one while again he wasn't this behemoth he was still getting the ball he still looked pretty good Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look like a steaming pile of dog shit so there is still reason to believe that Devontae should be a top 10 receiver at the end of the season now we move to the B tier if you guys have enjoyed thus far hit that subscribe button hit that like button down below at number 10 Keenan Allen of the LA Chargers going up against the Atlanta Titans in Tennessee. I've seen a lot of people trying to give the Gawk Gawk 9,000 to the Titans defense because of how they played up against the Saints. I don't really buy it. I don't think the Titans defense is one of the better defenses in the NFL. Obviously, Keenan Allen struggled a bit, was still a top 24 wide receiver on the week up against the Dolphins, but this is just a far better matchup in my opinion. I think this offense runs a lot more smoothly in this game, and I think Keenan Allen is still, even in his older age, just like Devontae Adams, one of the better receivers in the NFL. He still runs incredibly crisp routes. He was open a bunch up against the Dolphins, so as someone who watched watched all of that game playing very close attention to it Keenan Allen looked really good and I did rewatch the game the other day because every time the Dolphins win I like to just rewatch the whole game sit on the couch for fucking two and a half hours and watch the whole game again but Keenan Allen did look good in that game going up against the Titans again I think he should be in for a solid one I don't think when it comes to these wide receivers that are super high in the rankings I really have to give too much explanation because you already knew you were starting them anyways at number 11 we got T Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Ravens at home in Cincinnati this man put up a fucking goose egg in week number one eight targets zero receptions I had him on one of my fantasy teams and he sunk the ship like the fucking Titanic but we talked about this with Goddard in the tight end video and in the live stream yesterday guys will put up zero points in week one and you don't want to overreact because a lot of the time week one is when the crazy shit happens right when offenses that you project to be amazing don't look too good when quarterbacks like mac jones that you don't think are that great end up coming out and playing like joe fucking montana so tee higgins one down game doesn't have me panicking again i think this will be a higher scoring game so i definitely want to be back on the tee higgins bandwagon at number 12 we got dk metcalf of the seattle seahawks going up against the detroit lions in Detroit. Now, DK Metcalf must have been angry. He must have listened to some NBA young boy before the game because DK Metcalf stiff-armed a player or just pushed him down on the defense of the LA Rams for no reason. Hurt the guy. Now, the guy is expected to play in week number two, but there's no reason to do that. DK, wide receiver 25 on the week. He was really the sole bright spot in that Seahawks offense. Lions defense looked good against the Chiefs, but I do think the Chiefs really played themselves to have no positive in there, right? Because Canarius Tony couldn't catch anything. Sky Moore's driving the ball. They have no Travis Kelsey, right? So it's not an asterisk fucking win like Mike Tarico is saying, but it definitely wasn't the best Chiefs offense. And do I think the Seattle Seahawks offense 
should be given a lot of apologies, like make up a lot of excuses for them. No, they played like shit up against the Rams, but Metcalf still looked good, and this could be a higher scoring game, so I'm still fine ranking Metcalf as a top 12 receiver. Moving now to the C tier. At number 13, we have Brandon Ayuk of the 49ers going up against the LA Rams in LA. Brandon Ayuk looked like the clear alpha dog, woof woof, in the 49ers offense. Eight targets, eight receptions, 129 yards, and not one, but two tutties. 33 fantasy points, wide receiver two on the week. If Tyreek didn't just eviscerate the Chargers defense, Ayuk would have been the wide receiver number one. Great game out of him. Big cock Brock Purdy appeared to not have lost a step. There was a lot of reports in training camp that Brock Purdy was struggling and, oh my God, maybe Sam Darnold will be the quarterback number one. Mono man, Sam, the guy who sees ghosts up against the Patriots. He's going to be the number one quarterback. And then obviously that doesn't happen. They send Trey Lance to Dallas to ride the pine, hold the clipboard. And now, big cock, Brock Purdy, look good. Rams defense did look good. But uh, we all know recently the 49ers kind of own the Rams. So if Ayuk keeps looking like this, I might have been wrong on Ayuk. And that's okay. I'm going to be wrong on some players. I'm not going to be right 100% of the time. At number 14, we got Amari Cooper going up against the Cleveland Browns or on the Cleveland Browns, going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Down game for Amari Cooper, but, and this is a big but, shout out to Mia Malkova, the Cleveland Browns offense actually looked pretty fluid against the Bengals. I know people are shitting on Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson looked leaps and bounds better than what we saw last season, right? He literally last season looked like he had no clue what he was doing. He looked like he was lost. He needed a map. But in week one, Deshaun Watson stepped up and played relatively good. So, up against the Steelers' defense, that I still believe is pretty good. I think this is a get-right game for Amari Cooper. He still had seven targets in week one, though only came down with three receptions and 37 receiving yards. Amari Cooper looked good last year with Jacoby Brissett under center. He was an upper echelon, must-start wide receiver weekly, so I'm not going to quit on him after week number one. Again, don't quit on any of these great players after one bad game. At number 15, we got another one of my guys mpj michael pittman jr going up against the houston texans in houston wide receiver eight last week 10 plus targets i talked him up all offseason i was doing tricks on it i was telling you guys that michael pittman was amazing last season i know he didn't get the receiving yards he didn't get the receiving touchdowns but he was the clear number one receiver on the colts he looked good with carson wentz he looked good with sam ellinger he looked good with matt ryan the problem was quarterbacks weren't good enough to elevate Pittman to fantasy football greatness but now he's got Anthony Richardson and I know Anthony Richardson doesn't go out there surgical with it he doesn't dissect the defense like he's in high school chemistry but what Michael Pittman is going to get from Anthony Richardson is some relatively decent targets that are in the same vicinity as the guy he's going to catch him he's going to get 10 plus targets again he's going up against the bottom of the barrel Texans defense expert consensus rank I just slapped my table, so hopefully that didn't make a loud noise because I'm so excited about Michael Pittman. Hopefully, the expert consensus rankings are wrong. They got this guy as the wide receiver 23 on the week. I got him as wide receiver 15. This seems like a huge spot for Pittman. And again, Richardson is going to be good to go for week number two. I know there was some questions after that game how healthy he would be. At number 16, we got Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Chicago. 
Chicago, Chicago Bears at home in Tampa. Now, Chris Godwin didn't finish well on the stat sheet. Wide receiver 40 on the week, six targets, five receptions, 51 yards. Mike Evans obviously got all of the acclaim in that game, having a big game with Baker Mayfield. But Chris Godwin did pass the eye test. I was paying key attention to that game because I thought it was cool how good Baker was looking. And oh my God, they're going to beat the Vikings. Godwin looked open a lot. He looked a lot more healthy than he looked last season. He was moving quicker, cutting quicker. It really did seem like. And that Bears defense, you smell that through the screen? Dog shit. Terrible. So Chris Godwin should be in for a much better game than he had in week numero uno. Moving now to the D tier. At number 17, we got Tyler Lockett in my pocket skirt of the Seattle Seahawks going up against the Detroit Lions in Detroit. Down game for him. Again, Metcalf was really the lone survivor of that offense of a terrible effort by Seattle, right? Geno's got JSN. He's got Metcalf. He's got Lockett. He's got Kenneth Walker. He's got Zach Charbonnet. He's got Noah Fant and a ragtag group of tight ends as well. And yet, that offense looked limp dick. It didn't look like even what they looked like last year in the playoffs. One down game for Lockett. I'm still a big Lockett fan. I still think Lockett is going to have a strong stranglehold of this offense early on. That maybe JSN's going to take over and overtake Lockett in terms of target share. But week two against Detroit, get right game. I can't say anything bad about Lockett. Again, I get people panic after one shit game, but you just got to kind of forget about it. At number 18, D-Hop going up against the LA Chargers. Now, DeAndre Hopkins was not spotted at practice on Thursday. D-Hop, over the past couple of years, as he's become more of an elder, has started to do this shit where, you know, let's just not practice for a couple of days. Let's be hurt, and then we'll show up on Sunday and play. What you talking about? Practice, right? He doesn't need practice. That's what he thinks. Obviously, still reason to worry, right? It's not a 100% mortal lock of the century that he does play. But if he does play, that Chargers defense looked a little exploitable. This motherfucker had 13 targets in week one. I know they didn't um, count to be like this huge fantasy game, wide receiver 26. But I feel like Tannehill just can't look that bad again, right? I feel like Tannehill isn't just over the cliff. This isn't the end of Ryan Tannehill. Is it the end of him being like a competent quarterback weekly maybe maybe not but I feel like one down game we shouldn't heavily scrutinize this man and D-Hop was the clear alpha receiver I like D-Hop a lot in the offseason again a game where he sees 13 targets should be promising not really scary for him again assuming he plays at number 19 we got Garrett Wilson going up against the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry's world wide receiver 22 in week one obviously losing Aaron Rodgers might be the death blow for Garrett Wilson, right? It might be the fucking Falcon Punch from Super Smash Brothers. It might be a kick to the dick that ends up making you lose one of your balls like your name was Lance Armstrong. So Garrett Wilson is potentially in a bad spot. But what I will tell you is Garrett Wilson is still one of the better receivers in the NFL. He made a catch that looked virtually impossible. Zach Wilson was throwing the ball to one of the MILFs in the crowd, and Garrett Wilson somehow snagged that bitch, brought it in, and scored. That was a terrible throw by Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson will look better, though, than he looked in week one. Now, again, I'm not some Zach Wilson truther. I am actually a Zach Wilson hater. But what I will tell you is that when you actually are able to practice all week, all week, I don't know why the fuck my voice just kind of cracked right there, you're going to do better, right? Rodgers was taking all the first team snaps, obviously. 
So now Wilson's given the opportunity. Is Wilson going to be super successful all year? Probably not. It wouldn't even surprise me if maybe Kirko Chains, Kirk Cousins, or Jameis Famous Winston is the starting quarterback of this team a couple weeks from now. But as of right now, I'm not full-on panicking on Garrett Wilson. Does it suck? 100%. It would be way better if Rodgers was there but I'm not ready to quit on Garrett Wilson just yet. Sure, I knocked him down the ranking. Sure, he's not going to be a top 10 receiver in my rankings weekly, but I would think it would be a little bit disrespectful to just completely quit on a guy who has looked good in the past with subpar quarterback play. Before we move on into the A, B, C, D, E tier of wide receivers and then to infinity and beyond to wide receiver 36, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at underdog fantasy underdog fantasy is the best place to play pick them for the nfl in the whole entire world and underdog has this great offer for you guys today underdog is giving away ten thousand dollars to ten lucky winners who use this to a total yards pick that's a hundred thousand dollars this week ten winners will be selected at random from all eligible users who make an entry with this pick and this is just the beginning they are going to be doing this every single week all you have to do is enter there are no requirements for the entry winning so even if your entry ends up losing you could still win the ten thousand dollars or minimum fees so you can put just one dollar on your pick'em slip and potentially win the ten thousand dollars so we're gonna go ahead and make a slip right now i am a dolphins fan i love Tua. i think Tua is gonna go higher than 271 and a half total yards and then we are going to match that with patrick mahomes higher then 296 and a half passing yards. If this pick'em slip hits, we will get three times our entry fee. And if you don't want to enter the max entry amount, which is $20, you can do just $1 and try to go ahead and get lucky and win that $10,000 on Sunday. To enter in this pick'em contest, you need to be in one of these states that are on the screen right now. If you are new to Underdog Fantasy, make sure you use promo code NOTORIOUS for a first match deposit bonus up to $100. You deposit $100, they give you an additional $100 and make sure if you have a gambling problem that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things, we move to the E tier beginning with wide receiver 20 Mike Williams. Down game for Mike Williams gets banged up in the game, misses a couple of series. It felt like I don't know the exact amount of time that he missed. He headed to the locker room in the second quarter to be evaluated for a concussion and was able to return for the second half. So he did miss some time. Down game for him. Four receptions, five targets, 45 yards, nine fantasy points, wide receiver 50. The Chargers running attack was really what ended up leading for this game to be super close. I mean, I didn't think Justin Herbert looked super surgical out there. Again, not trying to shit on Justin Herbert. He's still one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Quentin Johnston was very quiet. It seems like they don't want to use him as the wide receiver three just yet. They want to use Pama, and we ain't talking Arnold Pama. So Mike Williams should be fine going forward. Again, that Titans defense, I think a little Mickey Mouse, a little fraud. So uh, let's fire up Mike Williams with supreme confidence. And number 21, wiki wiki, DJ Moore going up against the Bucks in Tampa Bay. Now I know there was a lot of people mad. Nick, you said you love DJ Moore this season. Nick, you said Justin Fields would be a better passer. Nick, you said this, you said that. The Chicago Bears fucking suck again. Blah, 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 blah. Now maybe the Chicago Bears are going to continue to suck. But I think that offense is good. I really do. I think one down game for that whole offense 
gonna make you fucking walk the plank like you're in a fucking Pirates of the Caribbean movie or Caribbean and jump off, right? I think you should still have confidence in DJ Moore. This guy was successful with Sam Darnold, with Baker Mayfield, with these subpar quarterbacks. You better believe one down game with the Bears shouldn't make you jump ship. Am I somewhat worried? Yeah, right? That game wasn't great as a DJ Moore and Justin Fields truther. But, again, don't panic just yet. At number 22, Debo! Samuel of the 49ers. I was all off of Debo all offseason. Seven targets, five receptions, 55 receiving yards, two rushes, eight yards, 11 fantasy points, wide receiver 36. Debo was uber successful in 2021 because of the rushing. They now have Christian McCaffrey, so he's not going to be running the ball as much. I just don't really see it for Debo. Very touchdown dependent. Now, any given week, could he score 30 points? Yes. But I think in terms of a full season projection, it's going to be very up and down for Debo. If Debo goes out against the Rams, pounds him up a little bit, I honestly would consider trading him and trying to just kind of sell him on a high note. At number 23, we got Mike Evans of the Bucks going up against the Bears. Again, Bears defense reeks. Mike Evans had a good game in week one. Six receptions on 10 targets for 66 yards and a tug wide receiver 14. I think that Godwin is the safer bet weekly because he is going to be seeing more targets, I would think, game in and game out. But Mike Evans has that higher upside because he's the guy, the deep stretcher, right? Stretching that defense out. And you know, when Baker hits him deep because Baker does that fuck it, Mike Evans out there somewhere and he gets those big touchdown games, he will have those huge 30-point performances. The Bears' defense reeks. So even while I think I feel a lot more confident with Godwin, I still think Evans deserves a top 24 ranking on the week. And number 24, Zay Flowers of the Ravens going up against the Bengals in Cincinnati. Ravens' offense didn't look great to me, in my opinion. The loss of J.K. Dobbins is going to potentially be the Achilles heel of this offense. But probably not because they haven't really had J.K. Dobbins for his whole fucking career. Uh, ten receptions or nine receptions on ten targets for 78 yards. Two rushes for nine yards. Wide receiver 17 on the week. Seems like he's the clear number one receiver even in his first rookie game over Rashad Master Bateman and Odell Beckham. I know Maki Mock Andrews wasn't there and he should be back this week. But again, higher scoring game, tit for tat affair. Should be in for another decent game out of the rookie, Zay Flowers. Moving to the FTR wide receiver 25, Jahan Dotson of the Commanders going up against the Broncos. Now, once we start getting into this range, it starts to feel a little bit more gross at wide receiver. Now, could any of these guys be very successful? Yes, I'm not saying that this is just a bad range of receivers, but with those other guys we just talked about, the top 24... I know you have to rank guys over the others, and there's some guys I like less than the others, but you ultimately, even with Debo, you still see the up. You feel fine with him. Lockie, you feel fine with these guys in your lineup. Once you get to Dotson, it's like, ugh. Ugh, do I really want to play that guy? I just kind of have to. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, 46 in week one. Seems like he is going to overtake McLaurin, potentially, as the number one on this offense. Bad matchup. Sam Howell didn't look good at all, but seven targets, five receptions, 40 receiving yards, nine fantasy points. Thinks that Sam Howell could build on it, though. Wasn't absolutely atrocious. So he gets the Broncos. Tough defense. Hard for me to rank him higher, but we have seen Jahan Dotson flash last season and looked really good with worse quarterback play. So 
Week one, again, we're not going to fully overreact to that. Wide receiver 26, my boy Michael Thomas, slant man. Wide receiver 37 last week, eight targets, five receptions, 61 receiving yards. I don't think this Panthers defense is going to have much of an answer for Derek Carr and this Saints offense. Michael Thomas, again, we talked about it with Chris Olave. Did he look like Michael Thomas from what year was his best year, right? 20... 2018, 2017, 2017 he was, or 2019 I should say, sorry, he was the wide receiver one, 2018 wide receiver three, 2017 wide receiver five, so, and wide receiver 11 in his rookie year, so this guy's been really good 2019 through 2016, did he necessarily look like that guy? No, no I wouldn't, but did see a 24.2% target share, 19.1% air yard share, should be a safe bet as a wide receiver three, which is this range, right? Wide receivers 25 and through 32. No, that's not correct, so I'm not going to math. 25 through 36, right? Yeah, I'm a math guru. I just had to whip out the fucking calculator to figure that one out because I'm not good at math at all. But yeah, Michael Thomas seems like a safe play. Seems like, again, maybe he's not that same old Michael Thomas, but he also didn't look fully washed, right? There's... Times where receivers come back and they're down for a couple years and it's like, oh, clearly this guy has lost a major step. Clearly, there's no chance he could reclaim his former glory. I think with Michael Thomas, there is still a chance he could do that. And he looked good last year when he was healthy. So as long as Michael Thomas can stay healthy, he's a guy I'm willing to start. Moving next to wide receiver 27, Gabe Davis. Down game for him, wide receiver 69. Very nice, I like, in week numero uno against the Jets. Again, Josh Allen was basically doing the dizzy bat challenge. You ever done that when you're drunk and you spin around the bat on the ground and then you go to try to fucking hit the ball or something? I don't know how the fuck to play that game because I'm drunk when I play it, so I don't really remember. You get what I mean? That's what Josh Allen was doing. He was spinning around a fucking baseball bat, did a couple shots of Henny on the sideline, and went out there trying to ball, and it wasn't successful. Um, but again, Raiders defense, soft as baby shit off serve ice cream so Gabe should have a decent game here number 28 Terry McLaurin four targets two receptions 31 yards I was pretty out on starting him last week didn't think he would look that great against the Cardinals defense because he was coming off of an injury think the injury is probably still going to linger for a couple of weeks again he's still going to play but I don't think he really looked the same as the old Terry McLaurin. I don't think he's just washed up, but I think the injury is impacting him. Number 29, George Pickens, the pseudo wide receiver one of the Steelers. While Deontay Johnson misses, I would believe, at least a couple of weeks going up against the Browns. Should be seeing more targets, but maybe Allen Robinson out-targets him. Pickens still has that big game upside in him, but I still don't even think without Johnson or even without Johnson there, I don't think he's going to be super reliable. Moving now to the G tier at number 30, Puka Nakua of the LA Rams. Now, Puka did not practice Thursday with an oblique. You play, paid, if you paid all your fab for Puka, you're probably shitting bricks right now. We'll see. Uh, I don't think he's going to have a great game against the Niners because the Niners defense is going to put clamps on him. But he's going to be fucking locked up like Princess Leia by Jabba the Hutt. I don't also hate playing him because he's going to get a lot of targets, but again, up in the air if he plays or not. Number 31, Zay Jones. And number 32, Christian Kirk. We'll talk about him in tandem. Christian Kirk, invisible. Fucking Houdini. Three targets, one reception, nine receiving yards. Zay Jones. Seven targets, five receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Zay Jones played the most snaps at the wide receiver position on the Jags. Ridley, number two. And Christian Kirk. Way below. 
at number three. Talked about in the offseason, Zay Jones was seeing the wide receiver two sets with Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk nowhere to be found. So for Christian Kirk to have a good game, is it possible? Yeah. But he's not going to see as many snaps, and you're going to be hoping for this to really be a high-scoring tit-for-tat game where they play a lot of three-receiver sets for Christian Kirk to truly be unlocked. Right now, gun to the head, I'd rather start Zay Jones than Christian Kirk, and I don't even think that's an overreaction to week number one. Moving to number 33, Jerry Judy should be good to go in this game, practiced in full on Thursday with a hamstring. Commander's defense kind of suspect. Judy did look really good down the stretch of last year. I wish I could rank him higher, but I simply can't because when these guys are coming back from these injuries, we saw it last week with McLaurin. Not fully 100%. Could Judy be 100%? Yeah. But if I rank him as the wide receiver 23 and he's not out there looking like Jerry Judy, then I'm going to feel like an idiot. At number 34, Nico Collins, target hog up against the Ravens. 11 targets, 6 receptions, 80 yards. This week, he gets a softer matchup against the Colts defense at home in Houston. I was a big Nico Collins guy all offseason, talking about how he's going to be the number one receiver in Houston. Now, C.J. Stroud, did he look amazing? No, but I don't think we should also be quitting on C.J. Stroud one game into his NFL career, especially against the Ravens defense. So, Nico Collins heavily targeted. If he scores a touchdown last week, he probably finishes as like a top 12 receiver, potentially 11 targets, six receptions, 80 receiving yards, wide receiver, 24 might be time to start starting Nico Collins. Number 35 Sutton Sutton gets kind of cucked by Jerry Judy coming back. Now, if Judy isn't 100% Sutton should still have a decent game, but nothing about that week one action against the Raiders showed me that Russell Wilson can kind of support two receivers at once at number 36 Drizzy Drake London. I'm going to be honest, I don't want to start Drake London at all. But once you get into the lane or the spot of Drake London, you get to like Brandon Cooks, who might not even play, Elijah Moore. I'd rather play Romeo Dobbs over him if Christian Kirk doesn't play, but we don't even know that right now. I'd definitely rather play Christian Kirk out of him if Christian Kirk plays. Drake London is dead to me. Uh, am I cutting him? No. Am I trading him for a half-eaten bag of potato chips? No. But if the Falcons come out week two and are just this team that refuses to throw the rock to Drake London, you got to start panicking. And again, like, he's a fifth-round pick, so I'm or sixth-round fantasy pick, so I'm willing to hold him a little longer than others. But two, three weeks of this bullshit, then he's just gone. He's just done. He's too good of a player not to get targeted more. But the problem is, Arthur Smith doesn't know Ugats about throwing the rock. So we probably end up with Drake London being a huge bust this year, which will really suck. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well as hitting that like button down below. It would help me out a ton. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. Make sure you guys check out the Patreon link in the video description for my rankings for week two, as well as I answer every single question that you guys ask on there for $7.50. Love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great guys' day. And as always, good.